Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Amubi, a curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from around the globe for your free 30-day trial. Go to mubi.com slash filmstage. I just, I, you know, I had to, right? Like, there's no other option. <laughs> I had no choices. Uh, hello, everyone. This is Brian J. Rowan. I'm your host, of course. And this is the Film Stage Show. Today, I am joined by Bill Graham. Macho. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. It's going to be a perfect episode. We also have Robin Barr. <laughs> your yes. rooster. That was great. I love that. It. Was, it's a callback no, rooster. Don't encourage that. That was not a good rooster. Oh, what? I'm always going to. Wait, that was a better rooster. That was a much better. Yeah, rooster. it was a muted rooster who was probably sick. Okay. Are you are you sick? No. So you decided going into this, you're like, I'm gonna play a rooster, but this rooster, my actor's secret is that this rooster has a light head cold. Yes. Okay. I was giving it backstory and character. I admire your commitment to the craft. Um, with us today to talk about a uh, different rooster um, the, in the movie Cry Macho, um, starring and uh, directed by Clint Eastwood, it's Evan Crean. I just want everyone to know that I was dancing along to the village people. I'm sorry <laughs> that you couldn't see me, but it was a lot of fun while it lasted. I'm pretty sad that we couldn't see you either. Um, yeah, no, I mean... Was it like what, a head bob? situation oh no there were arms involved too but okay. i was dancing around my microphone <laughs> he was spelling out macho man as they were singing it is you know it's very yes. difficult but you can still pull it off anyway um yeah evan uh welcome to the show would you like to introduce yourself to the listening audience sure um my name is evan crean i am uh co-chair of the boston online film critics association I am co-author of a book called Your 80s Movie Guide to Better Living, which is all about life lessons you can learn from 80s movies. Nice. And I am co-host of the podcast Spoiler Piece Theater, the podcast that doesn't give a shit about spoilers. We just want to talk about the movies. And are the, But are those, uh, you know, because every once in a while I just want to be like, why do we even bother having a spoiler section? Um, are those like <laughs> older movies or do you do you just dive right into the new ones? We just dive right into new releases every week. I fucking <laughs> am so in awe of your courage and your bravery and your truth. That's just amazing. Um, <laughs> as I said, we are here today to talk about Cry Macho, uh, the newest film from director Clint Eastwood, uh, which also stars Clint Eastwood and is uh, currently streaming on HBO Max and is uh, also in theaters. So, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. Before we get into that, though, all of the usual stuff, uh, you can you find us on Twitter at Filmstage Show, Facebook, The Filmstage Show. You can email us, podcastfilmstage.com. You can give us a comment or reading on iTunes. And you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash thefilmstageshow. Uh, for as little as $1 an episode, you get access to our Slack channel, where we uh, talk about all kinds of nonsense. And, of course, you get first crack at all of our awesome movie raffles. So do check that out. Again, that's patreon.com slash the film stage show. And let us not forget that we are brought to you by Mubi, 
the online curated streaming service that showcases exceptional films from around the globe. Every day, a movie premieres a new film, whether it's a timeless classic, cult favorite, or an acclaimed masterpiece. It's guaranteed to either be a movie you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before, and there will always be something new to discover. With movie, each and every film is hand-selected, so you'll never be spending more time looking for something great to watch. Instead, you'll actually be watching something great. It's like your own personal film festival, streaming anytime, anywhere. There's a couple of great-looking things that are on there. Um, I wanted to spotlight a current film that's up there right now. It's Her Socialist Smile. The great documentarian John Giovito brings his distinctive filmmaking approach to an equally distinctive figure of American politics, the radical activist Helen Keller. The film builds on Keller's own powerful words to create a tactile, evocative drama that speaks to the impact of her beliefs. Yes, people of TikTok, Helen Keller is a real person who existed, and you can watch a whole documentary about her by getting a free 30-day subscription to movie by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. You all have heard about that, right? What? What's that? Oh, the TikTok thing? Yeah. It's the TikTok conspiracy theory that Helen Keller didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gross to me. I mean, I, I used to work at the school that she attended, um, the Perkins School for the Blind, and so I feel, like, personally affronted by that. <laughs> I mean, fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's a God. really cool place, by the way. Awesome. Well, that is up there, uh, as well as an older film, uh, Roly Poly. Uh, Stanislaw Lem was known to be critical of his work's adaptations, yet Roly Poly became one of his favorites, made by Polish luminary Andrzej Wajda. During his early years of experimentation, the satirical short contemplating medical ethics and bureaucracy is timelessly bizarre, funny, and pertinent. So you can check out all that, as well as 28 other films, by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage. And that is that. Uh, do we have anything to talk about before we get into our actual review? Hmm. I guess everyone's had a good week. Everyone's hanging in there, doing good. Finally made my fall movie list, and I feel a lot better. I was really stressed for a is while. Is this a, a movie list of movies that take place during fall or involves people falling or movies <laughs> oh. that you saw during the fall? <laughs> movies that I want to see uh, before the end of the year and also like both current slash upcoming movies and also movies that, you know, like we want to watch for Halloween and all that. So I'm really excited. Ooh, your Hooptoberfest. Yes, basically. But last year during the pandemic, when we had nowhere to go, my husband and I would just watch uh, at least one or two horror movies uh, every weekend. And so I think we want to continue that tradition now. Well, that's fun. Yeah, it's really fun. We got some good ones on there. Excellent. Well, can't wait to hear about those. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. I guess then we can get into our feature review. Uh, which once again is of the new film from director Clint Eastwood, and that is Cry Macho. Uh, it's out in theaters uh, now and is also streaming on HBO Max. And um, it stars Clint Eastwood and Daniel V. I, I don't know why. Wait a second. Let's just pause. I'm going to cut this part. I'm looking mm -hmm. at this, and it's like you have to go forever until you actually get to Raffo on the imdb thing it is weird when they do that You're i like, don't know <laughs> i was just like i'll read the top three people and it's like mexican border officer because i was like i'm sure as shit not gonna do dwight yokum first 
<laughs> oh my god. Anyway. <clears throat> this movie stars Clint Eastwood, Eduardo Minette, and also a special appearance from Dwight Yoakam. So, uh, without any further ado, here is the trailer for Cry Macho. Back when we had winners, I was afraid to lose you to the competition. Five times you won the All-American. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? That was before the accident. Before the booze. You know how many people told me to just cut you loose? You gonna say anything? Howard, I've always thought of you as a small, weak, and gutless man. But you know, there's no reason to be rude. All right, so that is the opening of the trailer for Cry Macho. And now it's time for my new favorite part of the episode. Let's read what IMDb says the synopsis for this movie is. A one-time rodeo star and washed-up horse breeder takes a job to bring a man's young son home and away from his alcoholic mom. On their journey, the horseman finds redemption through teaching the boy what it means to be a good man. A shockingly cogent synopsis from IMDb. And, um... (laughs) Yeah. Shockingly. I know. The last couple weeks, it's just been like a goddamn nightmare reading those things. I uh, also (laughs) love reading, however, the log lines from the movie posters. And so I will say that this one, Cry Macho, a story of being lost, dot, 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 and found. Ugh. (laughs) Oh, Robin. I love your nonverbal reactions to things. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about Cry Macho. We begin, as always, with our non-spoiler section before we go into the spoiler section. And we will begin with our guest. Evan, what are your thoughts on Cry Macho? Ooh, so much pressure being the first to, uh, <laughs> to talk here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, it's okay. <laughs> All right. We, we talked before about, uh, you know, being a decent movie to watch <laughs> during an afternoon, which is how I watched it. Uh, on HBO Max, it's it's okay. It's it's um, you know Clint Clint Eastwood. This this movie really feels like kind of like almost like a farewell for him. Like I'm wondering if this is going to be his last movie because it has this kind of sentimental streak to it that makes me wonder. Like, is this maybe his last? Especially the, the ending, which we can talk about later. Um, it has me wondering whether it's going to be his last movie, but it's okay. It, we've kind of seen him and we've seen other movies like this. The kind of older guy has the young charge and becomes a mentor. They go on a road trip. We, we've seen all that before. We've seen Clint Eastwood do this. <laughs> um, I very recently watched Gran Torino for the first time. And this was a really interesting comparison <laughs> yeah. movie to see. And uh I don't know. I like the movie's quieter moments. Like I, I like, uh, you know, there's like some quiet moments where they're just kind of like living and it turns into kind of a slice of life movie. And I really appreciate when the movie is doing that, but I, I don't know. I think for a movie that's titled cry macho, it's weird how late in the movie there's like actually a pointed conversation about masculinity. <laughs> And uh, I guess my main critique is that I wish if that was kind of the overall theme that it felt like it was more ever present and not just kind of this movie that's mostly a road trip movie and then kind of a meditation on masculinity, especially 
like I said, having seen Gran Torino recently and having just such a juxtaposition of like a movie that's just in Gran Torino's case, kind of like all about masculinity and like a toxic masculinity. And this is like a kinder, gentler <laughs> version of masculinity, but it's not, in my opinion, it doesn't uh, kind of waits till too late in the movie to kind of bring that idea to the surface. All right. Robin Barr. She's muted. Sorry, I was muted. Can you hear me? How goddamn dare you? Yes, we can. Sorry. Um, You know, this is a movie I sort of, I changed my mind about it halfway through. So I really, really did not care for it in general. Um, But at the beginning, I was like, oh, this is utterly atrocious. Um, I just... I didn't know anything about it going in. And so when I was listening to the dialogue, I was just like, why does this sound like a fake movie? Um, There's just something about the way people speak in the script that feels completely fake. And so the, the premise is that this rodeo owner gets his like washed up former star to go and uh, retrieve his son from Mexico. (laughs) And And you're just like, what the fuck is this? premise like get her get him from my bimbo ex-wife is kind of the whole concept of this movie um so this like 91 year old man goes to mexico and is meets up with um this wealthy harridan i couldn't even under really understand who this woman was and she looked like she was like 35 maybe and she does not act like a human being at all. Uh, not even like a villain. She just did not act like a person. <laughs> um, and is like, oh, you're, you know, if you can um, tame my son, then you can have him. And it's like, what? <laughs> like you're talking about a 13 year old child here. It's so strange. I mean, everything about this movie felt like it was made it was made 50 years ago. It does not feel like a movie of 2021. Um, And at some point this woman tries to seduce him and you're like, what? (laughs) Why don't any of these people act like people in this movie? Um, So I was really, really against it from the beginning. And also like there's this whole premise where like, and, and this is not a spoiler because this is said within the first 10 minutes of the movie that this kid is being molested by all the different men this this woman brings into her manse and mm-hmm. it's like so this movie is about some white guy saving this child from like, these me- mexican pedophiles like what is this entire cup and so i i just felt like um yeah, this just does not feel like a movie that was uh meant to exist right now. And, and I did sort of soften on it a little bit because, you know, they start to have like a real road trip experience and it's very much like a baddie daddy redemption (laughs) atonement movie, you know, where it's like this classic Western where uh, there's a cute grandmotherly sexy widow that, uh, that Clint Eastwood character likes. And so he sort of like tries to settle into that lifestyle with this, you know, classic Western 
stereotype or trope of a love interest. And, you know, I agree with you, Evan, that so much of this movie seems to sort of implicitly say something about machismo or toxic masculinity. And it's all done through the metaphor of a fucking rooster. Mm-hmm. And it just, none of it really worked for me. And like I said, I did soften on it, but it was just sort of like, how is this even a real movie? Nothing about it felt like anything tangible to me. It just felt like a series of of tropes and wish fulfillment and I don't know, just something that should not have existed now. And I did read that um, that Eastwood had wanted to make this movie like about 40 years ago. It's based on a pretty old novel. So I think that's why a lot of the, um, a lot of the stereotypes of not just Westerns in general, but like uh, Americans viewpoints on Mexico seem really dated and it just doesn't feel like nuanced in the way that it should be in 2021. So yeah, I hope I didn't offend anybody. <laughs> All right. Bill Graham. Yeah. Uh, I just watched this, uh, this afternoon. So, uh, definitely a lazy Sunday movie for me. And I did not very much care for this film. Uh, I'm, I'm a little soft on, Eastwood as just a general person, I guess, in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> I know, I know he kind of ruffles some people's feathers, but um, I generally usually like a lot of his films, um, even if they have some troubling things to say or some weird kind of, uh, you know, weird things to say sometimes. But in this one in particular, I found it really fascinating that a he took on this project at his age because it feels like such a such a weird premise to have this very old man and he he's not playing himself as young like he's not playing himself any younger than he actually is probably uh you know my mom, uh, who I watched this with alongside my fiance, uh, shortly into the film, she was like, okay, how old is he? And I was like, that's a good question. And we were thinking maybe mid eighties, early eighties. No, he's 91 right now. So (laughs) he's getting up there. And for the premise of the film to be, Hey, go drive down to Mexico and go retrieve my son. That seems like a thing that you would do to like your 30 year old, like, you know, assistant, not your 91 year old, like, uh, former employee. So it seems very odd, uh, this whole premise from beginning to end. And it just doesn't really feel like, um, a lot of its loose ends are ever tied up in a way that makes any sense. Um, there's a lot of weird happenstance and a lot of weird things that happen throughout this film that seem to just kind of be casually shrugged off. Um, and Eastwood's character just kind of goes with the flow in a lot of ways. And it just seems very, very strange as a movie overall. Uh, I don't know if there are any 
strong performances throughout because some of the dialogue and things like that are, are just so, so off in a way. Um, I'm just not sure what, what this film is trying to achieve in so many different ways. Uh, it is beautifully shot. It looks gorgeous. It sounds great. Um, there's definitely some, you know, art behind the camera, but everything in front of the camera just seems so just drab. Um, but I, I also am not that mad that I spent an hour and a half on this movie, whatever it is. Um, so ultimately I came away just kind of like a big old meh. Yeah, it's 104 minutes. So, meh. <laughs> oh, I was pretty mad. Yeah. You were mad? I can imagine. I was mad that I was watching it. I was like, why? <laughs> I thought you it said you like turned harsh. around on it midway through. Yeah, no, I just, I went from like a half a star to 1.5 stars. No. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I, let us all also remind everyone that uh, Robin grades on four stars, not five. Correct. <laughs> I ignore the fifth star. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so just keep that in mind when she starts throwing out star ratings. Um, as for me, so my, I'll, I'll say this by way of explaining how I came into Cry Macho. Um, I forgot that we were podcasting on this movie today. I thought we were doing it Monday or Tuesday. We're recording on a Sunday um, because we've just been doing a lot of Monday and Tuesday stuff recently. Anyway, so the things that I watched immediately before watching Cry Macho were I had spent a day or two binging uh, The White Lotus, the TV Ooh. show that was on HBO. And then um, right before watching Cry Macho, I watched uh, Sasquatch, the three-part documentary series. Um, each each episode's like 50 minutes long on Hulu about um, a, a bunch of people who were killed in, in, in Mendocino County. And it's all about like the marijuana trade up there and the crazy, violent, nutso bullshit. Um, so I came into Cry Macho having gone through those two things. And I think I was just exceedingly happy to see like a decent man being decent to other decent people. And, um, so I didn't, you know, I don't think this is like a great movie, but like, I enjoyed it. You know, it was nice. I, I agree funnily enough with Robin that like for the first 20 minutes, maybe I was like, was this movie written? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yeah. It like or like did they take the storyboard notes and like just accidentally compile them into a script? Like you could hear it in mm -hmm. that in the in the YouTube trailer that I played. Like you know Dwight woke <laughs> Dwight Yoakum um it's just like yeah, you used to worry about people stealing from it. No one wants you now. Not after the accident and the pills and the drinking. And you're like, you got you got a lot of problems and I don't like your attitude, Clint Eastwood. Exposition. Holy exposition. exposition. Yeah. Right. Exposition. Just, I was like, wow, we haven't had a real human moment yet. That's incredible. And then it jumps forward a year and Dwight yeah. Yoakam's there and he's like, you know how many people said I should abandon you? I'm like, you... Waited a year to come and just do more exposition. But then, 
you know, he gets on the road and he's in Mexico. And I was like, you know what's kind of nice, though, is that this movie is already happening. You know, there is <laughs> there is an economy there that I feel like if they had taken the time to make these characters act like humans for the first little while, it would have taken a lot longer to go to Mexico. Um, yeah. And then, you know, his whole, yeah, his whole conversation with um, the, the character of the mother is uh is ludicrous it's uh it's freaking it's bananas i it's hard to even comprehend how bananas it is um but like yeah there's a part of me that's like who it's like yeah i guess like let's just you know let's burn that bridge let's like make it so that this guy taking this random kid up north it makes sense and it's like well she's a nightmare and uh he's got nothing else going on in his life so yeah, maybe, of course, like, let's do this. And then, you know, their their conversations give way to, like, a rather sweet interplay. Um, I don't know. I just, I liked it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that I have a lot of strong feelings about the bird, which we'll talk about more, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but, you know, once they kind of settle down into the true, like, meat of this movie, where they are in this town and they're doing some stuff... I, I found myself really enjoying it and just like the overwhelming sweetness of everything. And uh, I, li- I like where it ended up, the kind of ambiguity of it. And um, yeah, like I said, it was just nice. It was nice to see good people being good to good people after everything else that I had watched, which left me just like despairing for humanity. You're such everything a dad. That, everything <laughs> that happens in that small town, I I kind of liked. I wish that, that I had. Do you mean do you mean like narratively or like as a human watching humans? Like because I wish that I lived in that town. Oh yeah, uh, as a human watching humans for sure. Okay, like I was just like I was just like oh what a what a delightful little community. Yeah, like, like when he becomes the de facto veterinarian. Yeah, it was so <laughs> cute. <laughs> All these people just coming with their animals, and he's like, oh boy, what what is happening? Yeah, I liked I mean, that though. Uh, it was I don't know. It was just a nice, like you said, human watching human. It was just a pleasant part of the story. It reminded me. This is, and I don't mean this to be like they're equal in quality, but like it reminded me of Shit's Creek, mm-hmm. where like you're watching it and each of these people just slowly finds their niche and like rediscovers their soul and each other as they like fill the cracks and the broken parts of this town. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, it, and I I had been missing that, and I keep wanting to rewatch Shit's Creek, but I'm never going to. So like. That's it was nice to have Cry Macho here to fill the Shits Creek kind of hole in my life. <laughs> what was that? Like, can I read some of the dialogue to you? Because... No, I refuse to allow you to to use this movie's own words against it. I will plead the fifth on this movie's behalf. It cannot be used to incriminate itself. Quote unquote, you Mexicans are always laughing at us gringos because we get sick from your dirty water. Um yeah. If a guy wants to name his cock macho, that's okay by me. (laughs) Okay, wait, no, I I laughed at that. That was funny. These did sound like things that this character would mutter. He does a lot of muttering, especially in that scene (laughs) with the cops later on, where he's basically just, he delivers several lines of dialogue completely under his breath. Yeah, and the cops can like, are aware of it, but they're like not really listening even. 
Yeah. That um, struck me as the most realistic scene because I have known many an older man who is affronted by the idea that somebody mistrusts them. And so they just go completely like ape shit and then just like you bastard. I just I've like I, it's also because like he is technically doing something wrong. It's but like he's like annoyed that they believe he's doing a different wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's this cognitive dissonance. I don't know. I've seen a lot of like older white men do this, uh, people I'm related to. And it's always just like, go, like, I, I remember times where my dad would be like affronted by something like somebody didn't think that he was upstanding. And then he would be like, I hope that person dies. Oh, like and... when you asked me if I was part of like a three way relationship and I laughed. Wait, what was that? <laughs> Remember when I said that I lived with a, like my friend and his girlfriend? Oh yeah, and you, his crazy you, you girlfriend. Said like, oh, are you were you a part of this relationship? And I was like, I don't know. I fucking lived with them, so I guess I was like a presence. And you're like, no, <laughs> like a triad, <laughs> a triptych. Yeah, yeah, whatever you said. And I just laughed and laughed. But in the deep pit of my soul, I was offended you would ever believe that about me. I was also deeply offended when you said that I seemed like the kind of guy who would say that women look better without makeup on. <laughs> you definitely do. That is the craziest fucking thing I've ever heard anyone say I'm to me. happy that you're not. I just don't know what in my life I did to make you think that terrible thing about me. I don't know. There are just like a lot of guys out there that are like, oh, like. I hate fake women. Uh, I fucking like, love fake women, Robin. How do you not know, know this know. about me? <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. We all love fake women. The more fake, the better. Yeah, exactly. just, you know, made of plastic, carved from wood it's like fantastic. Pinocchio. <laughs> oh, Jesus, wow. That wow, was, that was a good well one. Done. Bravo. Right. Hats off. Uh, anyway, cowboy I'm hat just... off to you. I'm just saying some of the some of the words coming out of people's faces did not make any sense. <laughs> well, no, and I agree with you. Child like... actor, but like that scene where he's just like muttering under his breath, that felt so real to me. I just feel like at, he seems to have his shit together in so many ways throughout this film that for him to be at the finish line and just like taunting them in a way that like they can audibly hear because also the the kid hears it and i'm just like mm-hmm. what the fuck are you doing like all it takes for them to know is just a few words in english that are insults and all of a sudden like every yeah. other word is just an insult I'm just the like, hubris yeah I'm so just like, i am um... the and they're near the border like if anybody is going to be speaking English or, you know, have like multiple, you know, languages in terms of their ability, you would think it would be closer to the border. So it'd just be like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Like, uh, maybe one of these people speak like, English. Would you please shut the fuck such, up? <laughs> yeah. Like, we're right there. What are you doing? I've so, had to deal sure with one so many friends who are like oh. that. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure one of the cops did understand. Him oh, yeah, 100 percent English. <laughs> yeah, he, he spoke very clear English to them. Yeah, but no, I've had so many friends like that. Like I was in the woods once with a bunch of friends and we were like getting blitzed and naturally. This, right, of course. And so this park ranger comes up to us and is like, hey, guys. And we were like not of drinking age and we had like a tower of beer and like <laughs> handles of alcohol. And this ranger comes up and says, hey, guys, um. You know, just so you're aware, like quiet hours are like, 
I don't know, sundown, you know, like eight o'clock, you know, you can still like sing. I see you got an acoustic guitar and everything, but just like try to keep it down to like a dull roar. You know, there's not really a lot of other people around you, but like in case another family or something shows up, just like be aware of that. And we were like, yeah, sure. Thanks off. Like, that's great. And then, you know, as this guy's walking away, one of my friends is like, you can't fucking make rules in the woods. And we were like, Dan, shut the fuck up. <laughs> this man dad gave handle us you. very reasonable instructions and did not question the fact that we are here clearly. I love that this cop comes up to you and is like, excuse me. Well, you know, he's not a cop. He's like a park ranger. Like, you know. Oh, whatever. Of, you know. Basically the cop of the woods. Uh, yes, he yeah, is. Exactly. Well, so, it's a but woods that's cop. The, that's Robin, the problem Robin, that my I, friend I like Dan how... had was that there was a cop in the woods and he kept saying, the woods is not an institution. You can't make laws in the woods. There are no laws in nature. And I was like, I just shut the fuck up, Dan. Just wait 15 wait, Robin minutes. Hood and like, <laughs> this is not a book report time. Right. Like, we aren't <laughs> here to make a stand. You know, this isn't, I mean, this is way too early for this, but like, this isn't Occupy Wall Street. You know, we're here to get blitzed in the memory of our dead friend in the middle of the woods. So just shut up, let the park ranger leave, and then we'll get wasted together. But no, uh, he, had, also, he had to say some stuff. Just like I, I also... Like that Robin takes him politely asking y'all to <laughs> be quiet as like him being a meek park ranger right. and and like like yeah it's like, would you that's not, not how I in- yeah that's not how I interpreted that at all I just interpreted a, a guy coming across a bunch of fucking drunk teenagers being loud as shit in no the woods. Brian's register went up when he impersonated this man <laughs> i evan did my register go up <laughs> maybe a little bit i i pictured this guy being kind of geeky and, and yep. being the kind of guy who would say <laughs> catchphrases like the bark stops here 100 <laughs> <laughs> only you can prevent force. i mean fires. he was like a nice guy but he definitely wasn't like robin's weird lilting retiring <laughs> you know he was but he's a, he's a dorky forest rod guy oh, you know that's in khaki <laughs> of anyway. course he's in khakis he's in the forest that's <laughs> what you wear right which again is not an institution what a loser <laughs> shout out to dan kamenitz i hope you are sober and having a good life <laughs> just so fucking angry at the concept of authority existing in the woods this podcast is also Brian's memoir. Oh, yeah, yeah. My daughter's going to listen back on these one day and be like, oh, it all makes sense now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you about the time that I, too, got lost in a Mexican town in the late 70s. Boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's so fascinating to kind of, like, I just started, uh, I just opened this film's, like, Wikipedia page, and to see that this is based on a novel from 1975, and that this guy has been trying to make it into a film ever since, it actually, like, apparently started with production with Roy Scheider <laughs> being the star, and just didn't end production. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on there. And apparently at one point in 2011, Arnold Schwarzenegger was like Jesus tapped Christ. to be the star. Okay, wait, just no. like, shut up. That's amazing. Go- I, would, yeah. I, I would actually watch that film. Like, that sounds like what was what was the sad Arnold Schwarzenegger zombie movie? Was that called Maggie? 
Yeah, Maggie. I yeah, enjoyed that quite I a would lot. take like a Maggie style uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger cry macho. Mm-hmm. He did do that movie where he played the small town sheriff. So yeah, but wasn't that like, like that, that was like a kooky action film, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was, it, and it had uh, uh, the guy from Jackass. Was that the one I where the to... guy's riding like a motorcycle really fast uh, and no yeah. one can catch him? And so they're like, oh, we got to make Something a stand like in this town. Yeah, he's he's making a stand. Yeah, it, it's actually called The Last Stand, if I, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, he's making like, a yeah. last stand. I got, I got to interview uh <laughs> I got to interview Schwarzenegger and uh the guy from Jackass. I can't remember his name. Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They did a red carpet. Forrest Whitaker's here. in that movie? Yeah, yep. of course he is. This movie's got a stacked cast. Yeah. It it was it was his like big because he was in a couple of things right after uh you know, he, I guess he didn't run for the governor again. And so he was just quietly making his way back into Hollywood, like with some, with some films. And I think this was one of the first like big ones that was like Arnold's back. And it's just like, yeah, I remember okay. that. It was like this yeah. in the prison break movie, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So was, Rodrigo uh, Santoro's in this. I assume he's the bad guy. Of course he is. It's also got uh, Luis Guzman. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> That's fun. Peter Stormare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should watch this. This sounds like yeah. This good. this this sounds like the or no. I remember watching that and thinking that it was it was okay. It was it was fun, but it uh, was released in January, it, so you know it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the leader back, of a drug cartel before. busts out of a courthouse and speeds to the ma- yeah. He's in like an extremely fast car. I guess is mm-hmm. the is the problem. Like yes, yeah. No one can catch him. What a premise. Um, it reminds me of SWAT, how the whole premise is just that, uh, oh, what's his name? The Euro guy who was in everything. No one can remember his name. He was like in Unfaithful. I think his last name was Martinez. Like uh, Oliver Martinez. Oh, uh, Olivier. Yeah, that's Olivier. it. Anyway, the whole plot of that movie is just that like during a perp walk, he screams, I will give a hundred million dollars to whoever gets me out of here. Mm-hmm. And they all take him up on it. It's amazing. Of course they do. Anyway, so if uh, Clint Eastwood's character had been there, none of that would have been a problem. Flawless segue back to this movie. <laughs> You're bringing up this interesting point, which is maybe this movie would have worked if it was made in the late 70s or early 80s. Mm-hmm. but I think, now i don't know it just it feels really like mid-century in terms of its premise like i'm a white guy and i'm gonna go save this poor half mexican child from all these uh mom, his mom's pedophile friends like what the fuck are they pedophiles or are they just abusive uh like, it was implied that it was buff like, yeah. You think they were both? Oh, no, I, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it was implied. I think it was very much like stated. I mean, the kid um, says, "Like, did she sell me to you?" Which is extreme. Yeah, and and he he is like, "Are you one of their like, or one of my mom's like creepy pedophile boyfriends or something like that?" Yeah, like he, maybe he it flat is out text. says that. Yeah, um, but it's so funny because i remember watching this film and like the first opening minutes it says uh 1979 i was just like 
oh shit i did not realize that this was a period film wait like, what does Where it was say this? that yeah it yeah. says 1979 how do you it think does. he's using fucking <laughs> look i i figured yeah. it was that that time i didn't realize that it was explicitly stated at some point oh in the yeah movie. Yeah, it says 1979, but then the weird thing is there's that flashback where we see him getting into the accident in the newspaper, and then it says one year later, and I did a double take because I wasn't sure if it was one year later from 1979 or one year later from the accident, which we literally just saw on screen. Yeah, because that was weird. It's it's definitely like, here's the thing. Dwight Yoakam at some point says like before the accident, before the blah blah blah, and I I thought that he meant like the horse riding accident, but I think what he meant was the the car oh. accident that killed uh-huh, the that wife killed... and the son. Oh, yeah, we're we're getting into spoiler territory, I guess. Yeah, Although, I feel like all right. To so be honest, like, hey, well, hold on, people. hold on. I mean, to be honest, Robin's review was kind of filled with spoilers. It wasn't so. spoilers. It was premise based. Yes, I believe most of it was premise. But anyway, so yeah, like we learn about okay. that. But so like, there's that. But then like the he's also got yeah the horse hurt him. <laughs> he got in a bad mm. horse accident. I don't know the right way to say that. Um, saying Riding he got accident. into a bad horse accident sounds glib, but yeah, it's weird like, because like, he, it says like one year later or it's like tracking over these, it's the most ridiculous. I hate it when movies do this. Cause this is also something that no one ever do. Like it's got all these like framed newsprint. And one of them is like, hey, remember the worst day in your fucking life when you got <laughs> extremely hurt and couldn't do the thing you loved anymore. Why would you frame that? Why would you pay someone to frame that? Yeah. And, and then like, like the, the AP photo turns into like a newsreel and we get to watch, you know, a couple of bucks and then him falling and then, whoa, my God. And the horse. Get to hear the horse in pain too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Where did it say it was 1979? Because during halfway through the movie, my husband was like, oh, there's no way this is set now because nobody has cell phones. I was like, you're probably right. But neither of us noticed this. I think uh, uh, it's it's when he's driving the the truck. I'm pretty mm-hmm. pretty damn sure. So the he he drives like this old like 1940s like uh for or Chevy truck, and I think as he's like driving it, it says overlaid 1979. Mm-hmm. So it's before he gets into the Chevy Suburban or whatever he's driving down to Mexico. Gotcha. Yep. So I, I remember seeing that and it, like none of the trailers led me to believe that this was anything but a modern day film because mm-hmm. uh, I mean most of Clint Eastwood's films are set in modern day um, unless they're like letters to Iwo Jima or something obvious like that. Um, I think it's letters so from it, Iwo Jima. Letters from Iwo Jima. Um, and so it just seemed very interesting that it was based in 1979 and then now understanding that this was based on a 1975 novel all of a sudden it's like oh so so i think basically like (laughs) took that and just kept going with it it kind of made sense for me just because i've read a lot of the border trilogy by uh corn mccarthy and i know that like Mm -hmm. You know, that mid-century, like, oh, jump in your dusty pickup and you can ride the range all the way uh, clear to Mexico. You know, Mm -hmm. all the pretty horses and the crossing, obviously. But, like, you know, that was just very much a concept. Okay, I'm watching the movie right now on my phone, and it is right when he enters the horse stables, right before he gets fired. 
Mm-hmm. It says 1979. So he, yeah, so wow, we totally both of us missed that. Yeah, I just I, it, it's it's very brief, and also it doesn't give you any other information. You know, it no. doesn't say like you know El Paso, Texas. It just says, hey, it's 1979. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know how you all feel about this. Like in the movie, I was I was definitely like, okay, he's using a payphone. No one has a cell phone. This is clearly like I thought he just had an old ass car. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, no, you know, the, yeah, everyone's got when, old cars. And so like, oh, at some point I was just like, all right, yeah. So it's the past and that's all I need to know. Like, do you gain anything from the movie explicitly saying like, welcome to 1979? I guess because you don't have to have a passport, I guess, is kind of the thing where it's like, OK, how do you get across the border without? a Oh, passport? I mean, like even just even just pre 9-11, like even like, you know, yeah. like it, it, like think of mm-hmm. no country for old men, you know, when he just like yeah, he, bleeding stumbles across the border, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like it's yeah, they there they were places where they didn't really give a shit that much. And now that's uh, clearly not the case anymore. But like, do, yeah, do, definitely. I'm sorry, Evan, go ahead. I was going to say, it definitely makes the idea of him coming and going kind of easily. It, it makes it more believable than keeping it in the, you know, late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. But I mean, like, does does the movie explicitly telling you that, does that help you? I mean, like, for me, obviously, it didn't help me at all because I no, didn't notice it. didn't make it. a difference. Well, Robin, we didn't notice, you know, so, like, it doesn't really matter. But, like, do you do you benefit from a movie, like, opening up and saying, like, four Thursdays ago... Or do you yeah, like to be no. kind of like, oh, I wonder when this is. Like, I wonder what this story I, is. I, I've always enjoyed when films kind of play fast and loose with with their timing and their setting because mm. I also feel like unless you are going to be a a period film or something just slavishly devoted to like your time period, like something like a Mad Men or something like that, mm-hmm. where it's like the the whole. Th- the whole premise is to live in that time period, right? Mm-hmm. And like soak it up. Whereas this film is just like dirty, dusty South. It's yeah. just like, is that a time period? Does that need to be <laughs> 1979 or can it just be, you know, Texas now? Right. It's kind of whack like, though. Is if it's set in, se- if it's set in 79. Whack. Wickedly whack. Then, Go ahead. And this that is whack, And this guy's 91. That means that he was born in what eighteen ninety. Yeah, so he's probably he he probably was around before they even had like fences up on the border, like before barbed wire even cut the West into into cubes, <laughs> into cubes, into squares. Like this man, like there is a part of me that actually the concept of him having been born in the eighteen hundreds and having grown up through this, you know, being like, I guess fucking. 60 years old by the time world war ii happens like (laughs) you know that's that's nuts like this man has seen a lot and he has seen you know the the um the expanse of manhood you know changing served in world war one he yeah he very well could have been in the ardennes forest (laughs) (laughs) but i mean that 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 does add something to it but i think to to whatever it said earlier i feel like it needs to be a little more of like what the movie's explicitly doing, you know, you can't just have like three lines of dialogue spread out over the course of an hour and 40 minutes and call it a thesis, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like if he yeah. had said like, you know, I, if, not that I need more bald exposition, but if he had said like, you know, I was born, you know, in 1886 <laughs> or whatever you said, Robin, <laughs> like, you know, uh, you know, I was born before the, the the internal combustion engine. You know, I I grew up before in a time before flight, 
You know, and now there's I men on the moon. Now there are men on the moon. <laughs> That's yeah, I exactly. This it, 1940s truck myself. <laughs> <laughs> and like, if he had said something along those lines and just been like, you know, and, and over that time, I've seen like, you know, people who called themselves macho, and then he had gone into his like, you know, they want to see like they have grit, blah blah blah. I think they just like they should have like cast his age in that way because that does almost make him appear more mythic you know in a in a way that mm-hmm. me saying to my daughter like oh, i was born before there was high speed internet i had a dot <laughs> matrix printer that you had to peel the little weird perforated edges off when you were done printing a page you know <laughs> not with these neural implants and your your holographic projections of past memories like it's just not the same yeah huh <laughs> what was that noise, Robin? You know what? I was just thinking as you're describing that, I was just like, I wish that we're at that stage um, of technology where have you guys seen the Black Mirror episode USS Cap- McAllister? I think it's called. Oh yeah, yeah. when the with the mm-hmm. guy. I, I wish we were there already. But that was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, but I really like the idea of putting all like i'm really into dollhouses and i really like this idea of like putting all the people i know into like a scenario so i can like make them do what i want them to do robin you are are you (laughs) you're aware right that you are describing the motivations of the villain of that particular episode correct um yeah but i like that that concept okay i'll just say it again (laughs) that's the thing the bad guy did Yeah, but that was because the beings were conscious. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I'm compelled to ask, Robin, were you one of those people who made your friends in The Sims and then wanted to see what they would do? <laughs> yeah, and I was really fucking mad when my crush and my best friend got together. That really pissed me off. <laughs> and so I made the floor a swimming pool and I took away the doors. I don't think I murdered them, <laughs> but I yeah, watched I watched in tragic melancholy as they got married and had children. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You, what is happening? I don't know. You just Are you trying to steal <laughs> the, the title of shares too many raw, embarrassing, hurtful th- secrets about their past from me? I am not embarrassed. <laughs> I am proud of my... I'm just imagining like 13, 14 year old Robin like crying at her computer as like <laughs> Jimmy and June fucking get married Carol on the and Sims. Brian. Yes. Okay. I didn't well, we even just, murder them. I know because you wanted, you just want, in the end, you just wanted him to be happy. Even if it no, wasn't. No, I you. wanted to be sad. You were like Nicolas Cage in fucking City of Angels. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh my God. That's no, I was like the little mermaid. Just like I found redemption through, I don't know, tragedy and horror. And then you turned into sea foam, and exactly everything sucked. Um, yeah. Wow, we just are peeling the onion back on you. Just fucking layer after layer, <laughs> tears upon tears. <laughs> okay, so I feel I like we're not to... done. I feel like we need to <laughs> talk more about Robin's madness. <laughs> We 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 will get it in in pieces. Let's try not to blow. Can't it all wait out to see what the episode. Dune episode brings up. In Robin. <laughs> I remember oh, when my parents told Timmy. me that I was the genetically engineered messiah figure for an entire group of people we'd been lying to. 
Uh, my husband has compared me to Baron Harkonnen. <laughs> Whoa! All right, and he's so nice. That's bananas. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, can we talk about the kid? Because I had a lot of problems with this kid. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. You mean a okay? Go for it, Brian. Uh, go for it, Evan. <laughs> I just I wasn't really sure if his accent was actually an accent or an affectation it really was confusing to me as i was watching the movie i was like i can't tell if this is someone trying to create an accent to like portray a character Mm -hmm. or if it's their natural accent and they're just delivering dialogue in a very strange way Hmm. yeah it, it is this kind of broken english style of speaking that also has like this very thick accent kind of layered on top of it. And it just seems very odd um, because not very many other people in the film speak with like a, a very thick accent like this. And so I'm not sure where he kind of like where he picked that kind of language up. Um, yeah, it just seems I don't know. It, it, it's it's difficult to figure out the way that some people speak is, to me, it goes back to my being shocked when I hear some of these people that are in like sitcoms or comedies or things like that, and their same delivery is the exact same way that they speak in in like interviews and like normal everyday conversation. And so I'm like, Oh, you didn't change the way you speak for this movie or role. Like that's just how you speak. And so that's how you act. And I always thought like acting, like you kind of change the way you kind of, uh, interact with the world in, in like a, in a verbal style as well. Like maybe you put on an accent or maybe you uh, speed up your speech or stuff like that. And it's, it it caught me off guard. I can't remember his name. Um, The guy from Silicon Valley, the main character who's also in like the cell phone commercial. Oh, Thomas Middleditch. Yeah. And I got to interview him and I was just like, Oh, you you literally are the Silicon Valley character. God, can like, you imagine if oh that no. was your life? If being being that man was your fucking fate from God? And like he's got the whole the same like stuttering kind of speech and like kind of like the way that he acts seems so much like Richard in that in that show. And I was just like so at what point did the character begin and you like, mm. you know, end? And I was just like, oh. And so I I have trouble with, especially like kid actors where I'm just like, I don't want to be an asshole to this person. But I wrote a review about someone's speech style in a film that I saw at like South by Southwest. And I had seen this actress in another film and she didn't speak the same way. And so in my review, I kind of critiqued the way that she was speaking because she had like this very husky voice and it was like she like was like breathing very heavy every time she would like deliver a line of dialogue. And like I kind of criticized her and she ended up messaging me on like Facebook or something like that. And I felt really (laughs) fucking bad because I was like, well, that is mortifying. and and like I, I 
know that like I had seen her in another film at South by Southwest earlier, like earlier that week. So I was like, clearly she's putting on this voice to like, you know, portray this character in this way. And I was just like, I don't understand what's, what her background is and like why she's doing this. And now like thinking back, I'm like, is that her na- is that actually her natural voice and maybe the other role was like her putting on an affectation so i just feel bad and feel like i'm walking around on eggshells anytime like i criticize the way that people deliver lines cuz i'm just like is is that just how they talk or is that like the direction that Clint Eastwood or right. whoever. Right. Gave if them. it's a performance mm-hmm. you can critique it cuz they're making choices. If that's again the way god made them then you know, yeah, I feel it like feels, yeah, it's like it's like it feels a, a little cruel. About someone's looks, yeah. Like yeah. I, I try to generally avoid talking about what people look like, um, mm-hmm. unless it's pertinent to the story or something like that. Right? Like, is yeah. it believable that everyone wants to fuck Clint Eastwood? You know, <laughs> but he does not look ninety-one. Can we just all agree that it looks like he got some major plastic surgery? Not shaving. Oh, you're talking him, about. But- I mean, you can make up his face pretty good. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't know. He seems he seems like he's 91. Yeah, I don't. He, I don't he, I'm he not 100 percent on what you're talking about, but he. I thought he was like maybe uh, 80. I kind of see what you're saying, Robin. I mean, given that I just watched Gran Torino and had literally mm-hmm. like a decade's worth of <laughs> difference to compare, it did look like he maybe looked a little bit younger but i wasn't sure i i mean again i'm not I'm not here he, like you to shame anybody about it it just was noticeable to me as well. yeah, i'm here was, to shame the hell out of him um no i you mean love I, fake chicks why don't you like fake clint eastwood <laughs> is it okay here's the problem is it is it playing into your hand if i say i don't like people who've had plastic surgery <laughs> Hmm. And not like I'm not like opposed to them morally and think they should be put down, but like I just that's like there is a line there, I guess, that I would draw where like, you know. It's what not, is what is plastic surgery though? I don't know. Is like, that that's like a good Botox question? Like here's or, the thing. Like if that I mean there's a lot of different things that fall under that. I think that like I don't know if I and then again, like, you know, I'm still in my thirties, so I feel like if you're 30 and have had a facelift there's probably some underlying stuff you have to sort out with yourself i don't know or you lost a lot of weight bingo (laughs) yeah in the face too you know what no i'm not getting into that because i have lost a lot of weight recently so i'm aware of how that can make your body even weirder than it was I'm not. I'm not talking about thirty pounds, Brian. I'm talking about like 150 to 200 pounds. Like no, like but I've still got another human body. Yeah. No. Exactly. No. I've. I lost. I lost like 50 to 60 pounds this year. And um. Wow. Even that. I know. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Um. But even even that is. <laughs> or or congratulations, Brian. Maybe maybe. That's, I mean, you that's can say congratulations that something really fucking weird happened, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, I'm aware of that. Anyway, I don't know how we got on this. I don't think that he looks like he had work done. I think he's got classic, like, old man shrinking kind of thing. Like, he's he's just, he's looking withdrawn and, like, frail. And his voice sounds higher, too. And I don't know if that's the choice he's making for this movie or if that's, you know, (laughs) him being oldest oldest sin now um so (laughs) you know that's what i noticed more than anything else in this movie was he had a real high voice but what's weird is that like i kept expecting him on one of those moments when he like walked away to cough and then like for you to see blood on his hand 
Because that's what always happens to old people in movies. Um, uh-huh. Or just Again, anybody. Gran Torino. <laughs> yeah, I was like the road, Gran Torino. Oh, no, it's the tuberculosis. Yeah, I got the TB. I got the black lung. Like, you know, just I, I need someone to cough into a handkerchief and then look at it and be surprised that there's blood. Um, but yeah, like, he's yeah, he's not he's not a frail or dying person, you know, but he he's his voice is high pitched in a way that I feel like is indicative of age and again every once in a while i looked at his face and it did seem smoother but i didn't get like a feeling of him having had work done because i mean like at this point he's 91 like how much work could you have done and survive or like you know what do you think you're gonna fix it just really seems like you know you get old and you get like i remember my fucking great aunt and she was like a paper doll at the end of it she probably weighed like 60 pounds like you know you just there's a point where you just seem to stop making new matter in your body and you just start repurposing whatever you had. And at some point, if you live long enough, you'll just become like a moat, you know, and you'll float away. Jesus Christ. Well, <laughs> Bill, you're all right. Was that too much? <laughs> that was that was a visual for sure. Yep. Just turning into a flag and, and flying away. <laughs> um yeah, no, I don't know why everybody wants to fuck Clint Eastwood in this film. I thought I, I really wish that uh, he could have had a moment there where the uh, the wife of the kid or the wife of the Jesus Christ, what did I say? <laughs> uh, the mother of the kid, Freudian, <laughs> the mother of the kid, like comes on to him and he's like. I don't know if you know how old I am, but this doesn't work like this anymore. Like, uh, I, I don't, you know, cause this would probably be what 1979 is probably pre Viagra. So it's just like lady. <laughs> well, pre Viagra, <laughs> like this ain't going to happen. Like, I don't know what you want from me, but, uh, whatever you're sniffing isn't, isn't here. So that was just yeah. so fucking weird. Yeah. That has never happened in, the entire history of the planet, I can assure you. <laughs> it, it, it was actually surprising to me that she wasn't coming on to him stronger originally in, when, when she like first interacts with him. Although she does like have or try to get him to have a drink with her. And I was just like, what the fuck is... Oh, okay. So you're just going to play her as like... And the way that she turns on him and all of a sudden like her thugs like show up, I was just like, were they just waiting outside? Like, do they just have to like, listen to this happen, you know, every few months or something like that? I was just like, what the fuck is there were so many rape threats in this movie. It's like, if the mom wasn't threatening to say that this dude raped her, then it was the kid saying this other guy raped him. It was just like, so it's and not even Clint, rape threats, it's Clint threats Eastwood. of crying rape. Uh, yeah, yes. well, that's, sorry, that's what I mean, is like, oh, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to say you raped me. Like, to be fair, effective strategy. Oh, well, my, okay, you're canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if I had to get canceled for something, I think that is probably the best thing I could hope for. This is so unrealistic, like. 100% no, it's unrealistic, I, I mean, I, I, again, I thought, everyone wants to sleep way, with Clint Eastwood. I thought the way that like Clint Eastwood battles back against the kids saying that was like, okay, you're going to have a doctor like stick his thumb up your ass so he could like 
you know, gather evidence. I was just like, what the fuck is this CSI? Yeah. I was like, what is this <laughs> it was a weird. It was a weird response. It, it took it to another level that I was frankly shocked. Once again, though, it effective. Go to. It did shut the kid down. Again, I'm not saying that yeah. these are good choices for life to the listeners at large. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in the movie, they work. What? It just it Do just they? seems like it yeah. just seems like something that a that character would not know anything about but b it just seemed like i said very csi i was just like that seems like really far Why down Why have future. you thought about this? I, that's what i questioned. It was like i would Who, never I would never think to myself, well, you know, if you give this kid a rectal exam like what? Nobody <laughs> thinks like you've this. You've never read that classic children's book. If you give this kid a rectal exam, somebody make a Photoshop, please. No, please don't. <laughs> I think Do that's it. a random Ow. house book. Just the friggin' mouse <laughs> with like a f- huge rubber glove on. <laughs> oh my oh god! My number one. We've okay. come such a far, such a far away from critiquing <laughs> the kid in this movie. <laughs> I'm just glad we got away from that because Bill gave us a lot of reasons. There's nothing I can think of that would be worse than being like, the performance of this person and their decision to use a lisp was very strange. And then for them to write back and be like, I've been struggling with a lisp since I was like 14. (laughs) And I would just, I would fucking live stream my own ritual (laughs) suicide to make it up to them. Yeah, yeah. I would perform Hurakari just to be like, this is the only way I could ever atone for fucking that madness that I just did. When I was, so you know that I work at the field. Robin would be chopping off your head. Yeah. Yeah, she she would be my second. She would volunteer. (laughs) I'd be like, I'm here for it. Um, If you want this, I will will help you. When I, so, you know, I, I work in the field of disabilities services and, uh, I have, so I have told other people this story before, but when I was 16, I was at the mall and I, I don't know who this person was. Like, I can't remember if it was a clerk or something, but I was like, oh, cool costume. Cause he had a hook on his arm and he's like, that's not a costume. And (laughs) it's still like sits inside of me like (laughs) i get a lot of shit for being what's the word antisocial or like unkind not unkind but like unwelcoming but you know what i've never done said something (laughs) to a stranger that turned out to be that terrible i've never done that oh when are you do thing i leave people the fuck alone and i've never accidentally (laughs) offended someone in that way can I touch your belly? I it just ate a so meal. Bad. Get away from me. <laughs> yeah, I would I would be I would be terrible. Or I would be terrible. I would be terrified. It's it's I like, you know, it's I also have trouble because my daughter is like very open and very curious about everything. And I just have to be like, you don't know it, but you could get dragged online for some of the things mm. that you say. You like, dumb idiot five-year-old. Right. Like, you know, racist five-year-old asks why family down the street doesn't speak English. And it's like, well, you know, she's five. Everyone else she's ever met speaks English. It's a fair question. I've explained to her what other languages are. We're cool. I do remember asking my mother who that lady on TV was. And she said it was Michael Jackson. Oh. And I was, I mean, I was like oh. very young child and. I assume that he was he was uh, in his his like white 
like yeah, yeah with like the stage. long hair yep. mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense to me who's that lady mommy i really remember that i must have been like four i and don't know why clearly I that scarred you to the point that you'll never forget it i mean i still feel embarrassed about things that i did at my fourth birthday party Ooh, like what um i walked <laughs> into the man's restroom and i should not have <laughs> where were you partying that you did this uh it was it in athens the hot dog place? Oh, yeah. The birthday party central. All right. Wait, Nathan's is it an actual physical location? Yeah, Nathan's In has... In the New York area, yeah. there are restaurants. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, they also yeah, have them on the Jersey Turnpike. Because <laughs> yeah. to, to me, that seems like someone walking into the ballpark Franks. And I'm just right. like, what? <laughs> what? Well, you know, tell me this Marie again. Where, where did you go? Place. Yeah, yeah no, Marie Calendar started Dean's? off as a restaurant. Yeah, so Nathan's... It yeah, was I went a, to the Hebrew Nationals. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, Nathan's is a restaurant in the New York area, or it was, you know, th- 30 years ago. Well, they've still they got, like, the big those, one on Coney Island, you know? Well, I've never been there. I don't oh, know. Oh, it's was, fantastic. You gotta go. This one had, like, the animatronic animals that would sing, and you know what I mean? Like, the... Oh, like those, a Chuck E. Cheese an, kind an of animatronic. thing? Animatronic. Those are real people. Robin. No, they were not. <laughs> Stop it. No, those are real animals. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> well, Clint Eastwood's going to come and fix them and put them, give them oh, care. Yeah. He's, real he's got the magic touch, man. Yeah, he can I, do anything. I do. Okay, wait. All right. To, th- that's a great reason to start talking about this movie again. Um, <laughs> I like I like the fact that he accidentally says like, oh, shit, we got to go. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't realize, because he's still very much an outsider and doesn't speak the language, he doesn't realize that Aurelio is not narking on him to the Federales, you know? Sure. But but also, like, he's got to get out of there because... I mean, yeah, they got to get out of there no matter what. But it's like, he he didn't have to leave like that. But he was, he was scared. He didn't trust that Aurelio was on his side now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I like that, you know, he's like, we got to get out of here. And it's like, oh, if only the kid had been there, well, like, you know, if only I mean, if only he weren't so, you know, if only the situation I, weren't so uh, fucked up, because we didn't even talk about the fact that the dad is like trying to leverage the kid for a real estate deal. Mm-hmm. Which I think, yeah. you know, Robin, you, what you were saying, like, oh, this white guy is going to come and rescue this kid from his Mexican mom. But like his dad isn't no great shakes either, you know, like, no, but that's what it felt like at the beginning. It just right, yes. Like it was weird. But, it was weird because I was watching and I was like, there's no fucking way that Dwight Yoakam's not a piece of shit. Like, let's be honest here. It's first of all, well, and this is the, nothing against his character as a person. You know. Yeah, but Dwight Yoakam never plays a good man. Sure. <clears throat> you know, just, just I, think I, about I, it. I, I do, I do wish that the film would have had the balls to just be like, fuck it. We're going to stay right here in this town. Like... <laughs> Because I was just like, okay, the kids getting along, the kids learning a trade, breaking horses, and like maybe how to be the town's like repair person, um, alongside Clint Eastwood, <laughs> um, and so you know, I, I, I mean, I guess when you're old enough to have seen the transistor be built, I guess you you know how to fix things, but. Uh, yeah, it just seemed like this was a perfect opportunity and time for them both to just realize, like, okay, we're going to stay here. And for this film to not make the decision that, like, they got tra- tracked down, right? And I like the idea that there are just these random, like, 
uh, roadblocks that are happening. And the solution that you can come to is let me take a left turn here and just <laughs> or turn around and, and just drive away. And just like, that's not how like roadblocks work. Like, <laughs> there, there should be like, if, if I'm at a roadblock and all of a sudden half a mile away, I see a car turn left. I'm going to go, I need to get in my car and I need to go follow that car. Like, yeah. that if seems you, like an if you attempt thing. to avoid a roadblock, that's a pretty big sign that that roadblock needs to come to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it needs to become a mobile roadblock and follow you. And I also like that, like, he, he, like, takes off down this dirt path on another time where a, a police car is like following him again and he decides to like take a left off this dirt road and i was like hold on are we not going to deal with the fact that like when you take a car and go into a dirt road you create a rooster tail and it's very obvious that all of a sudden a car went down this path i was just like what the fuck is this movie and then they end up still finding them i was just like what why is this happening so yeah this film is just filled with all of these weird coincidences that happen over and over not least of which is how the fuck they keep finding just vehicles and just like borrowing them when clint eastwood gives him like a speech like a don't be macho in Texas. That shit doesn't go over very well. And B don't ever steal any person's car. And then the next scene is like them like borrowing a car. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck is this movie? So I don't know. Them borrowing that vehicle just like twice. They or no, they do it three times. They just decide to hitch a ride in someone else's vehicle i was very flabbergasted by that situation was anyone else i have i have no answers for you is unfortunately what i have to say yeah. to that. i mean the, I, the hypocrisy exists <laughs> what are you gonna say no i i was also troubled by the let's just turn around at a roadblock and let's just take people's cars like especially after the scene where they're uh, assaulted on the road and they take the Mercedes, drive it to the border, and then Clint Eastwood drives it back later. Like, yeah. it's just his car now. Yeah. I, w- I was just like, yeah, when... Uh, uh, there's there's so much, so many things in this film. And yeah, he, he hasn't fixed, like, the, the front, like, right light on on that mercedes like it's still like damaged because of the you know him hitting another vehicle uh so i was just like what is this film and theoretically like he had to go back through the same route to get back to that small town where he had left the uh the henchman (laughs) just like (laughs) he just drove right past him again probably gave him the bird yeah Yeah, i gave him the bird and just like kept going and just like okay sure (laughs) this movie barely even exists in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) how how did dwight yokum know that they were gonna be at that border town because he called didn't he call him and tell him 
I have no idea. He did not That's call and tell him and give him a timeline. Because Maybe he's just been seemed... hanging, <laughs> just chilling out. I know. Maybe he texted him. No, they didn't have texting back in the 80s. Um, what was I going to say? I um, Robin, what are you going to feel like when this movie comes in at the uh, like midpoint in my top 10, yes, 10, 10 list of this year? I'm going to blast you into smithereens. All right, that works. <laughs> so suicide by Robin, everyone, this year. <laughs> She's going to put your sim in a place and then take away all the exits. <laughs> yes. Did you get mad at your friends in real life? Like when you have a dream about someone cheating on you and like you wake up mad at them? Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I had a dream. Okay. Nobody cares about dreams, but I did dream last night that I was harassed by my middle school bully and I woke up like upset, like fuck this guy. And then I, googled him because i haven't thought about this person i forgot his name like i had to go to my middle school yearbook to look it up googled it found like all these youtube videos that he made i was just like this guy is still a cunt and it was (laughs) i was like still mad like how dare you try to steal my things and he never stole my things this was just in my dream but i still feel like upset about it right now yeah clearly yeah i i had a i had a weird thing where I, uh, in like elementary school, like I had like a fake girlfriend or whatever, and I tried to look her up on Facebook the other day. Cause I was just like, whatever happened to that girl? And I was very upset that she apparently doesn't have a Facebook. I was just like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Who doesn't have a Facebook? And this was like last year or something like that. I was just like, Wait, fuck this person. What do you mean a fake girlfriend? Like it was first grade. Like, oh, oh okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I am. Um, like your beard. <laughs> yeah, no. I am. Um, I've feel told mad you about that all the time. I, Again, we're very far off topic, but I at this point I don't care. Um, I've told you all about Paige, who doesn't exist, right? No. <laughs> okay, so I'll say this very quickly. It, like in in my first year of middle school or something, there was a girl in my friends group. Her name was Paige, and Paige was really cute, and I liked Paige. Paige, I think went out went out with someone else, but at some point, Paige moved, right? And you know when Facebook came around. I was like, all right, who are some people that I want to look up? So obviously like friends of mine from Texas, friends of mine from Maryland. And then I was like, you know who I should see if they have a Facebook? Maybe Paige, you know? But then I couldn't remember Paige's last name. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, well, this is easy. I'll look up all of the friends that, you know, I had who were in common with Paige. One of them is bound to be friends with yeah, Paige. To look um, up their mutuals and right. whatever. No one is friends with anyone named Paige. So I let it go. A year or two later, I'm like, I should try to find Paige again. And again, no one is friends with Paige. So I reach out to some friends and I say, hey, do you know Paige's last name? And they're like, who? And I said, Paige, remember at Alex Scalco's birthday party in her basement? Paige was there. Paige, who I think went out with Robbie Buss for like two weeks. Paige. (laughs) And everyone's like, there is no one named Paige. And I'm like, no, there was a girl named Paige. One time she wore a shirt that had a bunch of little cherries on it. I know the page existed. And then I went and I found my yearbook for that year and I couldn't find Paige. I'm pretty sure that she left before yearbook pictures were taken. But um, yeah, so I've never found Paige. And, Paige, uh, if no, you're out there. 
No one will tell me that Paige exists. Yeah, you probably just forgot how to spell her name. It's P-A-I-G-E. What are you... Mm. Are you sure it's not P-A-G-E? I Okay, first of all, I looked up many different pages. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, the unfortunate fact. Uh, I had the reverse of that happen where I had a crush on a girl in like pre-K and then like ran into her in high school and I was like, oh my God, you're real. It's you. <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, I, no one rem- like no one seemed to remember Carrie, this girl Carrie that I had a huge crush on. And then one day I ran into her. And I was like, oh, my God, you're Carrie from preschool. And she's like, you're Brian from preschool. And then we never talked again. <laughs> yeah, we were super excited to have found each other. And then we remembered that we were living in different social cliques and it would never, you know, no one would ever accept us being friends. Or lovers. <laughs> Evan, how are you doing over there? You ever find anyone or lose anyone? <laughs> I don't you want to send Clint Eastwood this. to go find like a long lost love of yours? <laughs> I know he's or a long lost bully. Hmm. <laughs> I look up a lot of people on Facebook. That's creepy. Have you looked me up on Facebook? I don't think so, actually, because we're oh. Instagram friends. So it's that's like, true. You get a lot. I don't need more to of, stalk you. <laughs> you get a lot more of my life on Instagram than you do on Facebook. I'll be completely honest. Yeah, I would say the same thing is probably true of me now, but yeah, yeah, so, a lot of people don't have Facebook anymore. It's annoying. Yeah, they left. Now you got to find them on TikTok. No. Oh. Watch them dancing the renegade and doing the slow zoom and no being by. My pirates. bully did have a bunch of TikTok videos, but I don't have it downloaded to my phone, so I wasn't able to watch any, and it was probably for the best. Hashtag my bully's TikTok. <laughs> they should have that as a series. You got to find him on TikTok and then like put him on blast and get him canceled. Yeah. Be like, this Make guy's here video. talking about feminism. Well, let me tell you, he used to be a real piece of shit to me. I did look him up. So I, I couldn't remember his no name. Gross. So I had to um, look him up in my yearbook. And in the yearbook, I had drawn uh, a dot in his nose, I guess, to give him like bigger nostrils. And I wrote fat idiot under his name. Well, is it possible that you were the bully? <laughs> That's what I kind of wonder sometimes because my middle school yearbook had some of the most cutting insults I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> some truly savage shit. Yeah, like a dinosaur girl, horse face, <laughs> like really oh, mean no. shit. Oh my God. Gum moocher. Did you say the moocher? gum moocher i guess this guy oh you just get borrowing gum from you (laughs) yes man you don't bring out a piece or a package of gum that's true you're ready to just hand it out to the rest i I agree with you chewing gum in high school prepares you for smoking cigarettes in college (laughs) what no yes it does because you pull out you're like you know what i need right now i need a piece of gum and then everyone around you is like you know, I never do this. I don't really like to chew gum, but like since I'm in a party and I'm a little drunk and I have some gum. Is that what people know? do with cigarettes? Oh, fuck yes. yes. All my friends were like, I can't believe you mm. smoke. Oh, it's so gross. And then they stumble over to me, vodka Red Bull in hand. I, I, you know, I just, I never, I never do this. I never do it. Can I please, can I please buy a cigarette? I'll pay you like $2 for a cigarette. I can't even tell you the last time I saw somebody smoke a cigarette let alone was well, around you know, the COVID changed everything. Um, <laughs> no, people well, I mean, don't like, smoke that I don't much know. either, I mean, <laughs> I have family that smoke, but I have never really been around peers that smoke. Interesting. I was surrounded by peers that smoked. And then peers that claim they didn't smoke, but then smoked every now and then. 
And now I don't my smoke husband anymore. smoked yeah. a cigarette once and I was like, well, more than once, probably. But I remember him telling me that and I was like so scandalized. I was like, <gasps> you smoked a cigarette? How dare you? Uh, yeah i mean like that's just like that was like kid shit for me and my friends so like i don't know yeah kid shit like like mario and cigarettes yeah you know just like hit that hit that uh special block jump behind that uh cloud and you'll go into the second world and also can i bum a jack you know oh my goodness (laughs) chain smoking and playing super smash brothers evan i don't know what you thought you were signing up for but (laughs) This this can't possibly be it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, Evan. I was gonna this say movie like it brings out a lot. Of so here's the, here's the thing. I do I do wanna I do wanna ask a couple of questions about this movie before we wrap up. What do we do we what level of symbolism are we reading into the fact that the boy leaves the chicken with Glenn Eastwood? I I don't understand. Like they have no fucking connection. The, I was the just like Chicken and Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I was like th- Clint Eastwood has talked shit about this cock the entire <laughs> movie. Bill, don't say that. <laughs> you know what you're doing. <laughs> don't don't Why start saying that Clint Eastwood's been ragging Why on not? this Saucy little. Saucy today. Has anybody else noticed? <laughs> <laughs> Clint Eastwood hasn't I, had a kind word to say about this teenage boy's cock this whole movie and he just takes <laughs> it from him <laughs> I just I don't understand why the kid was just like yeah this seems like the appropriate thing to do Evan no, thoughts <laughs> absolutely not I, I feel like maybe he just didn't think it was necessary to bring the rooster with him he, he was going to be on a ra- go yeah, I guess. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, logistic- go logistically, yeah. he just was like, "Okay, I'm going across the border. I'm going to be on a farm where I'm going to have plenty of animals. Like, why do I need to take yet another animal with me?" To be fair, though, that 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 rooster came in in handy a lot in their it, little. It, it, yeah, it helped them quite a bit. Macho was a better fig- father figure to that boy than his actual dad was. <laughs> True. <laughs> At this point in his life, we'll, we'll, we'll see if Dwight I don't know, Yoakum Bill. Do you really think Dwight Yoakam is going to pull it no, all together and no. be like, "I finally got the, just... the 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 interest out of escrow on those like houses I bought in Mexico"? So, uh, you know, let's throw the ball around, son. <laughs> that kid was so, not thirteen. There was no way. What do you think he was? He looked like seventeen to me. Interesting. Uh. I don't know. I feel like they you I feel like, you know, in the 70s, like everyone had a full head of hair and a full beard by the time they were 12, you know? Right. Like how Jodie Foster was always an adult. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Let's look up Eduardo Minette. They don't have his birthday on IMDb. (laughs) That's probably because he's 27. Like Dear Evan Hansen. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we were covering that. We're not covering that. No. Are you sure? I promise you. Uh, uh, I'm I upset. Kinda, I don't know. I kind of want Our to. Lord and Master said no. We can pull an end run around him. You think if I hand him a two-hour conversation about Dear Evan Hansen, he's not going to publish it? Can we do that instead <laughs> of Matrix Resurrections? Please? Fuck yes. Oh, my God. You No, <laughs> don't even joke. Please don't make me... F- I'm not watching The Matrix, but I will I watch I don't Evan want Hansen. to, but it's on the list. Change the list. I want to. 
I want. I didn't to. make. Bill, no one cares what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Go kick rocks. Bill. Talk to a rooster. <laughs> Go kick rocks. <laughs> I will kick that rock very Evan, hard. Evan, if you. we talk about Dear Evan Hansen, will you come back? Sure, Dear Evan I mean, Korean. <laughs> I, I'm seeing. I'm seeing it this week. So, sure. are you going on Tuesday? I'll see you there. Oh, I'm getting the screener link. Oh, but. you're smart. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah, that is a smart <laughs> idea. I wanted is to it? go for the Communitas experience. Everybody <laughs> laughing at all the horrific corniness. I thought about Dear Evan Hansen the other week because AP Bio, a, a show that I like on Peacock, is in its fourth season. Um, and it's still the same school year. So all of the kids oh, in it Jesus. are still in it, you know. But like it's been four years since, probably like five years since they shot the pilot. And like a couple of those kids now have full on five o'clock shadows in some scenes. <laughs> the hell? Yeah, it's pretty funny. But anyway, yeah, no, I would, I would, I'd be down to have. We gotta get, you know, dear Evan Crean here for dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Feels appropriate. Look, you know, we we try to get people who reflect the demographics of the movies that we're talking about, you know? So, like, obviously, Bill is so, from Texas, you know? So, we got <laughs> we got that covered for Macho. Um, right. I have I'm been a called bitch. a cock, like, a hundred times in my life. So, you know, I'm also, like, the, the rooster. <laughs> but, like, you know, we, how many Evans do we know that can talk with any authority and, and you know, intelligently and sensitively about other Evans when we talk about... Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, yeah, that movie circles around like a suicide, but like, I know a shit ton of people who've off themselves. So that's, that'll be great. Oh boy. That's like your epitaph, Brian. I know a shit ton of people who offed themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Evan. You have no clue, my dear. You probably do actually. (laughs) I mean, I do. I do a podcast every week, so I, I. No, no. What I mean is just like the trauma that seeps out of Brian every week. Look, this this podcast began pre-roll with me saying that I didn't feel any joy or excitement towards anything anymore. I feel like he Evan says while yeah. giggling. Got thrown in the deep end. That's how I felt about the last few movies, but I don't know. Maybe the next one. Will what be are we? We're what doing are we Cape talking Fear about next week? week. Oh, we're doing Cape Fear. That could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Robert De Niro with a big old cigar laughing his ass off. Mm-hmm. Can we can what how would you feel if um I only watched the Simpsons episode? Yes, please. And still Do tried it. to talk about it as though I'd seen the movie itself. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. That I, you know, I appreciate the how he got there, but it just felt weird that he kept stepping on all them rakes. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh man. Anyway, uh, d- right. okay. So Evan, are we Evan, crying macho yet? Evan, do you do you have any other thoughts or feelings on on cry macho that we haven't hit on? <laughs> I feel almost unprepared now that I feel like we've come so far <laughs> from talking about the movie. <laughs> Oof. Uh. I will. I, I just a scene that I like is when um, all of the the men in that parking lot go from wanting to beat up Clint Eastwood to actually yes. beating up the henchman. That was awesome. Yeah, Love that. And not just beating him up, really beating. Oh him yeah, up. like, like, like they him down. Someone yeah. grabs like a bar, and I was just like, "Holy shit, this yeah, guy's like about to die!" Yeah. <laughs> Look, they don't fuck around. <sighs> 
I did not like this movie. And you, and then he shows up again and he looks perfectly fine and normal. And I was just like, you should be missing an arm, sir. Like something <laughs> something dramatic should have happened. Razor fist. <laughs> Razor fist. <laughs> uh, what is Razor Fist? Can someone uh it's from Shang-Chi. Oh, I don't Oh, oh. That was a joy. The yes. Marvel film? Yeah. yeah, it's delightful. You both saw it? <laughs> yeah. God damn. I haven't seen a Marvel film since Endgame. Yeah, you know what? My no. life is better Lord. for it. I feel better about quitting Marvel than I feel about quitting smoking and losing 50 pounds. <laughs> that's a choice. <laughs> I feel like that's been a bigger benefit to my life. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Brian's anyway. dramatic. Am I, or am I the only true, real person? I'm not a, I'm not a dramatic person. I'm a truth teller. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh huh. I um, I want I someone on my talking about Facebook again. Someone on my Facebook who I'm not sure why I follow them, other than that, every once in a while you love to be irrationally angry at someone. Um, mm-hmm. they posted it's called a, a hate follow, honey. Yeah, one hundred percent. They posted a thing that was like. You know, um, if you, you know, if you were ever a kid and your parents told you like, you know, to cover up your emotions or to stop being so dramatic, that's a form of child abuse, blah, blah, blah. You know, no one has a right to tell you what your feelings are. And I was like, just like in my head, like 100%, of course you would say that because you're the most dramatic fucking person on earth (laughs) and you need to validate the fact that you have no friends anymore because you're such a dramatic person. So yeah, I feel that. Um, Let it go. (laughs) Yes, precisely. Every once in a while, I have to mute them for 30 days just to, like, you know, take a breath, take a break. But just like quitting heroin and then trying it again after so long without it, it just makes that next hit sweeter. (laughs) You're a sicko. I know. I'm a terrible human being. Um, Dear Evan Crean, are there any final thoughts on crime? (laughs) I I feel like we're bullying you now, and I feel really bad. No. I didn't write fat idiot under your name. <laughs> well, that's what about that's dinosaur good. girl? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or the worst insult that Robin mentioned, gum moocher. <laughs> <laughs> I have been called a lot of things by a lot of people. All right. Nancy Pelosi once called me one of the most insensitive people she'd ever met. <laughs> but no one, and I mean no one, calls me a goddamn gum moocher. <laughs> I've paid back every stick. I'm not rude. <laughs> oh my god! But really, I, we're question. we're wrapping up. So if you have any final thoughts on Cry Macho, now is the time to say. No, that. I really don't. I feel like we've talked about all the important <laughs> stuff. Really, I mean, most of this movie is forgettable. It's slow. Uh, not a lot happens, and I wish it was better. Yeah. And again, I uh, I, I kind of liked it. You know, it was all right. <laughs> I like that you said we've said everything there is to say, and we spent legitimately maybe 30 minutes of a so far hour and a half long podcast talking about this movie. Seems and, proud appropriate. Yeah. yeah this <laughs> says it all, right? <laughs> and meanwhile, yeah. the rest of it was just us once again reaching uh, behind the curtain and catching another glimpse of the strange shadow kabuki show that is robin's journey into adulthood <laughs> learn some stuff about you too brian let's let's not uh... did we learn anything new oh no we did we learned about Paige. um if we anyone out Paige. there yep. knows about Paige. drinking in the woods we yeah you know, we've gone some places too <laughs> that's true yeah we've been on a journey 
I, uh, speaking of being on a journey and getting drunk in the woods, uh, it's lucky that I came out of the woods because uh, do you know how many people go missing in our national parks every year? <laughs> Boy, that seems like a stat that the uh, the park ranger could have given you. No, you know why? Because the National Parks Department refuses to keep records on how many people oh, have actually gone oh, missing. Oh, Lord. I okay. know, I know. I fell so down Brian doesn't like hole. porn, but he does like these murder stats. It's no, this isn't even a murder stat. This falls into my like, ooh, good, a conspiracy theory stat. Like this might be my new flat earth is uh is um oh, people going lost in, in national parks. Most of them go missing near rocks, Robin. <laughs> Based on Go kick story. rocks, Brian. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for today. Uh we talked about Cry Macho uh for he as long as we could. Macho. <laughs> um and now it's it's now it's time to say do goodbye. you know what macho means Brian? it means strong does it <laughs> that was literally <laughs> a line in this movie robin i mean whatever it's same shit <laughs> it's weird because i thought fuerza meant strong but i think that actually means like force or something but anyway um that's it that's all uh robin Barr, what are we talking about next week Cape Fear, 1991. Woo! And when are we talking about Evan Hansen? We're never talking about Evan Hansen. When are we, when are we, all right, Robin, listen to me very closely and listen for the wink in my words. When are we talking about Matrix Resurrection? November-ish, ish. Okay, all right, so. uh, Wink, wink. Dear Evan Crean, we'll see you back here in November, wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a plan. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that is it for us today. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed this strange meandering journey through this movie, much as this movie had a strange meandering journey through Mexico. Um, Until next time, uh, let us uh, just uh, say our usual wrap-up stuff. First of all, go to patreon.com slash filmstageshow to give us your money. Second of all, we are brought to you by Mubi, M-U-B-I dot com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial of movie so you can uh find out why a documentary about helen keller would be called her socialist smile again that is mubi.com slash film stage so that's it uh let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now and the next time that we uh drag them kicking and screaming through our tangled webs of traumas and fears let's begin with our guest evan Crean. where can people find your stuff online um <clears throat> First, I just want to say thanks for having me. <laughs> you don't have to say that. It's all right. You no. <laughs> no, I want to. Did Robin been... message you and, and threaten you in some way? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> A rape threat. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> now Robin gets to be canceled and I get to come back. <laughs> that escalated. Stronger so than quickly. ever. <laughs> But yes, thank you for including me I am, on this journey. <laughs> thank you for thanking us. That is the most gracious thing that I can possibly imagine. Yeah, uh, you don't have to say it. I'm going to choose to believe you, though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in terms of where you can find me, um, I probably I would just say check out my podcast, Spoiler Piece Theater. You can find it over at spoilerpiece.com. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd as Real Recon. And that's real as in film reel. Awesome. Bill Graham. Uh, you can find my yearbook on Instagram at Billstagram. <laughs> uh, you can also find me looking up the writer Nick Schink, who apparently has uh, had quite a collaboration with Eastwood. I think maybe he will write his eulogy as well. Uh, oh, he did... 
Grand Torino. He did The Judge. He did The Mule. And now he has done Cry Macho. So The Judge uh, was in Eastwood, though. No, it was not. Um, but he got screenplay and story credit for that. Uh, so Does that mean he gets yeah, paid twice? I guess, I guess he likes writing for older white men. Hmm. Yeah. Look, that write the audience, like you know. <laughs> uh, apparently. Uh, he's 55, so I guess. Old uh, but <laughs> that's... Uh, that's a thing. Uh, you can find that stuff on uh, Twitter at CableBFG and then uh, always mixing it up on the Slack channel. Oh, on Instagram, I also posted uh, my latest uh, pumpkin spice haul from Trader Joe's. Which oh, fantastic. This is a perfect segue. Bill, this is an intervention. <laughs> uh, we are here because we care about you. You know what's funny is that I read, again, I think this was from my, my hate follow friend on Facebook, but they posted something that's like, um, did you ever notice that the only reason people hate pumpkin spice is because they hate it when women express things of like that make them happy? And I didn't respond, but I wanted to. I wanted to be like, the person I know who loves pumpkin spice the most <laughs> is a man in Texas where it doesn't get cold, so he can't wear turtlenecks and big, fluffy, thick-knit cable scarves. He cannot be autumn man. Right. You know? So, like, don't tell me that the only reason I hate pumpkin spice is because of women, because I actually hate it because of Bill Graham. You bought pumpkin <laughs> empanadas? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. That sounds wonderful. Sanity. <laughs> I'm actually I've, stalking I've, you right now. I've had, I've had uh, pumpkin tamales, too. Hmm. Yeah, they were delicious. Look, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna step on the thing that makes you happy, but pumpkin is disgusting. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> oh, shit I, on you, but here's I, <laughs> well, here's here's the funny thing. So, pumpkin is kind of an abomination in terms of what flavors it actually brings. That's why everything is not like it says like pumpkin blah and you're like i hope there's no pumpkin in it right because uh, pumpkin spice is not just like which, cinnamon yeah. and clove yeah and and nutmeg and ginger yeah yeah and and it's like yeah those are spices like i've i've i have created beer homemade beer with uh pumpkin and at the end like one of the recipes we found was like and at the very end here's what you do you take vodka so it's uh, sanitized and then you put a bunch of pumpkin spice in there and then you drop it in and it was just like wait so we just like added all this pumpkin for nothing and it's like no that's just the sugar like mm. it's you don't want that flavor so yeah uh I, I think wasn't there like a controversy a couple of years ago when people realized that the canned pumpkin yeah. that you buy is usually actually like a like a winter squash? It's not yes. actually pumpkin. Yes, that is and correct. people were fucking like lost their mind. It was just there was like, one year where there was a shortage of pumpkin. pumpkin. It was canned pumpkin shortage, and people were like, "Oh my god!" Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, pumpkins. Pumpkins not the 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 flavor that you want. It's pumpkins the spice. Gross. The only and good so thing I've ever that's why had. I say the spice is life. The only good, <laughs> and I can't wait to talk about Dune. Um, yes, it's also been very hard not to make any Dune jokes at you, Bill. Um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, someone, someone's already, <laughs> yeah, I mean, someone's yeah, already made that joke. Yeah. It, they've been making that joke for like seventeen years, and it's only going to get worse once the movie hits. I will say the only good pumpkin thing I've ever had was a hot sauce that was made with a pumpkin base from the Love Sauce LLC. 
Um, okay. You can find them at. That the sounds love like sauce. a lube that you bought at the gas station. Yeah, this is why. This <laughs> is why I 100 googled to make sure I had the right name. It's thelovesauce.com and the Love Sauce LLC on Instagram. They are actually very, very delicious. Their uh, their chili sauce called the One is uh, quite good. Mm, new sponsors. Yeah, I wish. Um, I should start doing that. I should just start plugging people and like forcing them to sponsor us. <laughs> but anyway, Bill's got a problem, and we're all very concerned. And Bill, we love you very much, and we hope you accept this offer of help. Robin Barr, <laughs> where can people find your work online? Um, I guess Twitter. I haven't been tweeting that much lately, um, but I'm also just really overworked in general. Uh, I'm at R-O-B-Y-N-B-A-H-R on Twitter. Um, you can also find me on Letterboxd under my name. And I sometimes uh, write for different places, including The Hollywood Reporter. Awesome. Uh, as for me, uh, you probably all know this by heart right now, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, I can be found at my personal site, BrianJRowan.com. Uh, on Instagram, Letterboxd, Twitter, all of the social medias at BrianJRowan. And, of course, uh, if you'd like to learn more about my side hustle, uh, you can go to SchmidtSpirits.com or follow SchmidtSpirits on social media. We are once again having an art show in October, and I hope that anyone who listens to this who's in the area will come and check it out. And it's going to be real fun. Uh, and don't forget that you can find my writing and all of the episodes of this here podcast, many of which actually talk about the movie that we're talking about, uh, instead of just our, once again, dark personal traumas, at <laughs> thefilmstage.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and tune in next time. Bye.